Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about number stations. That's correct, number stations. We want to look at what number stations are and if there is a possible connection to the UFO phenomena. Now, this first article that we see here is from WarOnTheRocks.com, WarOnTheRocks.com, written by Maersk Goldmanis. It says, Explaining the Mystery of Numbers Stations. It's written May 24th, 2018. He starts off, he says, There are two kinds of dedicated radio listeners. Most are those who listen regularly to their FM or AM station of choice or to a station that only broadcasts on the Internet. The rest are dedicated to other frequency scales, high frequency, also known as shortwave, followed by very high frequency, and after that, the ultra high frequency range, which includes police scanner talk and even satellite signals. Shortwave listeners encounter a world of mostly international radio stations broadcasting from countries like China, Cuba, Iran, or Romania. These frequencies also include amateur radio and marine air traffic. So as you can see, there's an awful lot of radio traffic going on out there. He says, sooner or later, however, those who listen to these offbeat signals will stumble across strange broadcasts repeating number groups in digitally synthesized voices. Sometimes they are read live, sometimes in Morse code, and sometimes by means of digital noise transmission. These are the so-called number stations. Number stations have been in existence since World War I, over the years, they have attracted sporadic interest from journalists, video game designers, and filmmakers. Despite this attention, there are few explanations of what these signals actually are. Too often, they are described as spooky, creepy, or mysterious, and the discussion stops there. It may be disappointing to some, but these stations are not signals from aliens or mind control devices, nor are they dead relics of the Cold War. Rather, these stations are part of the sophisticated work of intelligence agencies and militaries, and they are very much still on the air. This article will explain what they are, how to listen to them, and why they matter. Now, he says that they aren't the work of aliens or from aliens. You know, actually, they have no proof of that, because we uh, sometimes they can triangulate these stations and find out where they're broadcasting from, but that doesn't mean we know who they're broadcasting to. And secondly, a lot of these stations, from my research, it seems like are actually operated by private uh, private companies. And this is another trick that the government uses to uh, offload work to a private company. And this, of course, totally prevents uh, citizens from doing any kind of FOIA request. So they're just, they're just outsourcing their uh, secret work that they don't want uh, the general public to know about. Now, if you stop and think about this, uh, people frequently are called uh, conspiracy theorists, if they, if if they even talk about the notion of something called a deep state, but if you look at this, this is <clears throat> really what a deep state is at its basic level. It's just uh, a a group of individuals, a collection of individuals, organizations, 
usually working in tandem, uh, corporate along with governmental, that are allowed to do things in secret, that are allowed to do things uh, pretty much uh, right out in the open, but you're just not allowed to ask about them. Uh, it, but they have secret knowledge. They use uh, techniques that we're not um, allowed to investigate, and it's just right there. So I don't know, you know, why uh, there's this, why there's this uh, reluctance to uh, even discuss the possibility that there's something that could be the deep state. We know we have a state. The state is the government. The deep state is simply the things that the government does in secret, and they oftentimes do these things uh, in collusion with private companies. So we go on here. It says, what are number stations and why are they used? Cryptography, the science of encrypting text and data, has been around since the times of Caesar. Before the invention of radio, secret messages could be conveyed in coded letters or through light signals. In the 19th century, transmissions along electric lines became possible, first with the telegraph and then with the telephone. Radio was invented at the turn of the century and was quickly put to military use as the world learned when Germans when German interception of the Russian army's transmission of orders in the clear helped the Germans win a crushing victory in East Prussia in 1914. The first use of coded numbers broadcast was during the last years of World War I when they were sent in Morse code in low and medium wave frequencies. Shortwave came into use in the early 1920s and has been used to send encrypted messages since then. When directed at the ionosphere at an angle, shortwave signals reflect back down to Earth at great distances beyond the horizon. This is handy for intelligence operations in foreign countries or for the military to send orders to faraway units. So you can see here what this provides is a way for the state to uh, communicate with counterparties and even in the event that there would be uh, some sort of a catastrophic outage of the internet they would still be able to communicate with assets and you know use that to guide and control the population this would also be a way for them to spread information about uh, ufo sightings from one place to the next it, it, i can't imagine that they aren't using it for that it says but if these signals can be heard all over the world then of course the messages must be encrypted this is where one-time pads come in the one-time pad the only mathematically unbreakable encryption system is usually a sheet of paper with random numbers and groups of five or more digits. Typically, the letters of, of the message are converted into numbers and are added to numbers from the notepad using a simple mathematical operation known as false addition. The result is then transmitted. The recipient uses the same page from his own one-time pad and extracts the plain text message by applying a false subtraction to the encrypted message. So you can see here they're using some very old technology to create encryption that can't be broken by even the most modern technology. This procedure is simple yet highly effective. The message can only be decoded by a third party if they get access to recipients' one-time pads. This is sometimes possible for counterintelligence either using double agents or by arresting the recipient, most likely while he is receiving the signal. A number of events in the 20th century have proven that intelligence agencies do in fact use these signals. In 1945 to 1956, CIA and the British Secret Service dispatched agents to support anti-Soviet guerrillas in the Baltic states, Belarus, and Ukraine. Most were captured with their radio transmitters and code books. The KGB used these codes to force captured agents to send signals back to their masters to lure more agents. In 1988, the 
KGB showed off these code books and transmitters in a new TV movie called The Game. When the FBI recruited a source inside the Communist Party of the United States, it observed many coded messages sent by the Soviets to U.S. communists. The Bureau decoded these messages with decoding instructions it had received from the spy that it had infiltrated the KGB as seen in the publicly released FBI files, Operation Solo. I hope you can start to see um, the risk that these things actually um, create to our society. So any country can have uh, inside spies working against them. What happens if there is uh, some sort of a major development with the UFO phenomena? They're, they could use these uh, number stations just to just rain down terror on the local populations, actually. It says, in 1983, the KGB uncovered CIA agent Alexander Organodink, a Soviet diplomat who was receiving tasking from American numbers broadcast. Another well-known case is the 2001 Cuban 5 case in which Cuban spies were caught and shortwave broadcasts were used in the case against them. The numbers message was sent to the spies via radio and entered into a Toshiba laptop. Then it was decoded by a spatial floppy disk that contained the decoded key. In 2013, a German couple was put on trial for spying for Russia and giving away military secrets. They too had received messages from shortwaves and were actually caught while receiving one. Finally, the infamous Russian spy ring of 2010 was said to use radiograms. It's in intel or military documents. You will not encounter the term number station. Instead, it will be radiogram, radio message or transmission. It goes on there. It talks a little bit about the tracking numbers of the stations. Uh, I put that in the article. We can see the conclusion. It says, in his book, Shadows of the State, the author warned that if we don't monitor the work of the intelligence military, those of our own countries, as well as those of foreign nations, we risk allowing institutions to overtake our governments. While this may sound like something of an overstatement, especially to those in the West, in Russia, for instance, security agencies have gained great influence over the government and state policy, as authors like Andrea Soldatov have claimed, tracking the work of these entities as subtly and accurately as possible and learning their history helps us better understand the scope of intelligence and military policy. Number stations aren't spooky, nor are they a mystery. For many in the intelligence and military communities, they are daily tasks that serve the interest of their country. Well, they've got a point. If you just stop and think about this, not only do we have this enormous above-ground system of, of government, of intelligence networks uh, openly spying on us every day, listening to everything we say, uh, reportedly watching all of our text messages and phone calls, uh, making us basically transparent to our own government. On top of that, we have this whole layer of number stations which operate clandestinely with, uh, it looks like almost no oversight they can communicate back and forth in code. Nobody has, nobody can break that code. Which was to say they couldn't communicate back and forth with some sort of off-world entity, some sort of interdimensional entity that's trying to make contact with Earth. That's where we have a real problem because all of a sudden we've limited the number of people that can communicate with these things down to just a handful of people. 
Now, if that's not the definition of deep state, I don't know what is. I have one more article I want to look at before we close. This is from UFO Insight. It says, uh, Number Stations, The Truth Behind the Code by Marcus Louth, March 18, 2012. And then it says, looks like it was updated uh, on 2021. Perhaps because of the immediate sense that one is listening to something not intended for them, or maybe due to the sheer disturbing nature of the static-ridden monotone voice with which they are delivered, many bizarre codes on shortwave radio are at times as disturbing as they are interesting. And I have to agree, these things are very strange to listen to. Gozlani says, These strange series of words and numbers are not the crazy ramblings of a demented person. They are actually broadcasts from real locations known as number stations. These mysterious broadcasts hail from shortwave radio transmitters that send out a current, a constant stream of numbers, letters, words, or song lyrics, all delivered by disembodied voices. The voices are male and female, young and old. For example, a typical broadcast, perhaps in a well-spoken lady's voice, would go, Yankee, Hotel, Foxtrot, Yankee, Hotel, Foxtrot. And then you would have the numbers 00968105-2251, etc. So they're putting out these call signs followed by this uh, number code. Indeed, to many laypersons that hear the number station transmissions for the first time, they sound eerie and distant as if from a barren, lonely, post-apocalyptic future. For governments and others that need to transmit messages, that need to transmit messages to their agents in foreign countries, however, they are extremely valuable. And while at their height in the Cold War era, and even with the surge of technological advancement, may be, many believe they remain relevant and active today. Of course, just like we said, if there was some sort of a, a catastrophic event where the internet is taken down, they still have these, they still have these anonymous number stations that they can broadcast from. Now, I want to play just a quick sample so you get an idea of what these things sound like here. And they'll just go ahead and play it just for a few seconds. Seven, two, zero, 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 one. But yeah, very, very odd, uh, very uh, kind of spooky sounding. It says, how many numbers stations operate? A simple, consistent, and reliable format. Goes on and says, number stations, sometimes called one-way voice links, broadcast a series of loops or numbers or letters inside the string of seemingly nonsensical characters as a code, which, if you have the decoding mechanism, delivers secret messages across borders and long distances to foreign agents. Well, here you go again. They're broadcasting these messages in an unbreakable code. These codes are being broadcast by people that we can't track, of course, and so we have no idea what's being said. The majority of number stations operate on shortwave radio. Now, this is because shortwave has characteristics that make it easy to send a signal extremely long distances. Although different types of transmission equipment have been used, a regular shortwave transmitter anywhere from 10 kilowatt power to 100 kilowatt power is the most common form. And it says even though spies have access to high-tech modern equipment, Many governments find it advantageous to continue to use old-fashioned shortwave radio. It raises less, suspicious than, less suspicion than a bank of expensive high-powered equipment. Shortwave radio is also better than modern conveniences like cell phones and email because it still does not leave a digital trail. So if you can see what's going on here, we have a pattern of 
just a built-in anonymity for these things. And it's a tool that's that's being used in layers. First off, it's the government agencies that are using it. Then they're outsourcing it to private companies who still just have just it seems like almost blanket immunity from inspection. We are told or it's we're it's implied that there's these things are being used uh, as part of spycraft, but they would also be perfect if you wanted to communicate back and forth about UFO sightings, UFO encounters. And so far, we haven't been given any information about these things. It's as if the government won't even admit that they exist. Uh, he goes on here a little bit. He talks about how they're used in uh, espionage. Uh, a couple different ones that came out, it says, uh, while some researchers insist the UV-B76 transmission is not part of the number stations, this was one that was called the buzzer, it is one frequency, It is one frequently discussed within such circles, and according to some, it is not merely an emergency channel for Russian authorities, although the first reports of the strange broadcast transmission known as the buzzer are from 1983. Many researchers are those with an interest in such number stations claim activity goes back further than that to the early 1970s, coming from somewhere in the region of Russia on their frequency of 4625KHZ. The broadcast features a short buzzer tone, which runs 24 hours a day. Now, if you just think about this from a national security perspective, if one of our enemies had happened to make contact with the UFO, these number stations could be used as a way to, say, call in an attack on an um, enemy nation. They, these things could be used to make contact with other civilizations the same way when uh, you know the Europeans uh, colonized the New World that frequently they would befriend one native tribe and then play the tribes off of each other. So you see the danger when it, if we're looking at planet Earth and one country is somehow able to monopolize that first communication with whatever entity, whatever civilization would make first contact with us. You, you want that first contact to be, if it happens to be, open and transparent. This is far from the way that you want it to happen. This, these, these number stations are just a recipe for uh, secrecy, deception, and eventually disaster as far as the UFO phenomenon is concerned. That's my opinion. It says, perhaps even more bizarre, again, only on occasion, the strange background or incidental noises. Most common are what sound to be, or what sounds to be muted or distant conversation. Whether this, frequency, whether this is frequency interference is not known, but some researchers have suggested the buzzing tones are not relayed to the frequency wave electronically, but by a microphone picking up the sound manually. Well, it's hard to believe that they could be so careless that they would pick up conversations uh, between between operators if their intent was to broadcast, you know, on a purely electronic tone. It almost makes you wonder if these things, if these transmissions aren't uh, drifting somehow where they're picking up. I mean, they could be drifting through time and space. Uh, where these sounds come from, where these conversations come from, who knows? It says, frequency interference with background noise of an, of an open microphone. In November 10th, 
one listener recorded almost half an hour of such a conversation. The conversation doesn't appear to be in code and features the caller asking for the duty officer. The caller then goes on to say that Vulcan also lost it. Right now, Vulcan is trying to figure out the problem and that somewhere between Vulcan and Sudek is a problem, explanation point. And that's a little concerning. And we have people operating at this high level of security. And if they're so incompetent that they're allowing their conversations to be, you know, uh, recorded in their native language uh, during the middle of a transmission, it really makes you wonder what would happen if these things were the first to intercept a uh, alien uh, message. Rosanna says, just what the interest of the conversation might be is open to debate. Was there frequency interference picking up another unrelated conversation? Or might, the, or might the suggestions that the buzzer is broadcast through an open microphone prove accurate? Was this fact forgotten on this occasion in November of 2010? Was a channel that should have been shut off left open? Rosanna says, although it isn't the episode mentioned above, the video below, and then they have a video talking about the interferences often picked up on these things. You know, it's just not clear if the technology is so old that uh, sometimes we're having this poor quality broadcast or if, you know, these things are broadcast in such a way, like I said, that maybe they're drifting across time and space and picking up conversations or picking up interference um, through some sort of time travel or some sort of interdimensional drifting of the signal. We really don't know because of all the secrecy that surrounds these number stations. And that's, to me, is the point is, if you already have this uh, worldwide embedded uh, system where agents of the deep state are allowed to communicate uh, with uh, unbreakable messages, how do we know that they're not communicating with off-world civilizations? Just something to think about. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.